The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Yesterday, we heard the first part of a sermon preached by Elder Buddy Abernathy on the topic of dwelling in the Lord's house. We've seen several scriptures already from this sermon that encourage us and in fact command us to put all of our focus upon the house of God. We should not just visit there, we should dwell there. But we've also seen that some children of God don't. I hope you'll join us today as we hear the second half of this sermon and learn a little bit more about what it means to dwell in the Lord's house. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Long ere the sun began his days, Oh, 
They burned incense to vanity. They have caused them to stumble in their ways from what? The ancient paths. Now think about how that applies to the church. The true gospel in its most pure form, not perverted, not adulterated, where man must meet conditions. But he says regarding that uh, true gospel, uh, that to leave these cold waters is to leave the ancient paths. A lot of churches today have left the ancient paths. I've heard several people say this. I don't see how anybody could be a true old Baptist and then go somewhere else. That's what he's saying here in principle. The Lord said, you've worshipped me in truth. You've partaken of, of the cold waters that come from another place. You know, the Bible says is cold waters to a thirsty soul. So is good news from a far country. That could be in principle applied to the gospel, couldn't it? The gospel is good news. That's what the word means by definition. It's glad tidings and I know people and you probably do that for various reasons have left the ancient paths and he says they burned incense to vanity they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in paths in a way not cast up. See, we don't have the right to invent our own paths. The Lord has cast up the way for us to go. And he said, the Lord is displeased here that they're walking in paths in a way not cast up. That's why Jeremiah said in chapter 6, verse 16, that we're to stand in the ways. There are a lot of ways you can go. There's a lot of paths out there, and there's a lot of them that are not God's way. Right. So Jeremiah says, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? You know, many people believe, well, you know, that, that old way of worship is outdated. It doesn't have the things that are so needful today. Well, the Lord says in those old, he doesn't say stand in the ways and look for new paths. Look for that which is exciting because it's never been tried before. You know, in the book of Proverbs, at least twice, it says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. You know, if you've got a, a true certified marker on the corner of some property, it's not a good thing to go around moving that at your own discretion. He says, don't remove the ancient landmarks. And I think it's interesting that he said that thy fathers have set. This has been established. This is where the border is. And that's how we look at the kingdom of God. Uh, he set some landmarks. I believe our doctrine of salvation is one of those landmarks. Amen. And there are very few that haven't moved that landmark. But he says here in Jeremiah 6, 16, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way? 
Somebody say, oh, I know where the truth is. I've heard people actually say about people that have been baptized that know the truth. Oh, they're a staunch primitive Baptist. No, they're not. They're not even a primitive Baptist. They haven't joined. See, this says standing away and seeing as for the old paths where is a good way and walk therein. It's one thing just to know where the truth is, but he says we're to walk therein, and it's only when you do all of that that you'll find rest Amen. for your souls. So back to Jeremiah 18. They've walked in these paths and a way not cast up to make their land desolate and a perpetual hissing. Now listen to this. Everyone that passeth thereby shall be astonished and wag his head. You know, this church about a hundred years ago, whether it was intentional or not, removed a landmark. That landmark being that uh, God not only predestinated his people to be in heaven, but he also preordained everything you do. That's not, that's moving the landmark. The landmark is that we're saved by grace. And if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured of the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And that can apply physically or spiritually. But I want you to notice this. When these landmarks are removed, uh, everyone, uh, he says, everyone that passeth by shall be astonished and wag his head. That's what Brother Chris used to do when he drove by here. That's right. When he drove by here, he would wag his head. That's right. And say, old Zion Church, they won't be here much longer. That's what he's talking about. And that happens when you remove the landmarks. I know that there have been many things when I was growing up in the primitive Baptist that you young people haven't experienced that were a reaction to what other churches did. You know, you may say, well, why why were there preachers way back then that didn't read and wouldn't bring their Bible into the pulpit and say, well, I haven't studied. If I'm going to preach, the Lord's got to bless me to preach. That was a reaction to seminaries. But see, in reacting, uh, we moved the landmark. We moved the border. We went beyond the border. So you see, that can be so detrimental to the church. Look at now Psalm 137. Yes, we can leave the snow of Lebanon. We can leave those cool flowing waters that come from another place. But notice what the result will be in Psalm 137, beginning with verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. You know what Babylon means? Confusion. You know, Egypt is representative of the world. And if you go through the Old Testament, you know we're told not to trust in Egypt. Don't trust in the world. Don't put your confidence in horses and chariots, meaning don't put your confidence in the 
strength of this world. But here he speaks of Babylon. God's people were literally taken into Babylonian captivity in the Old Testament. And it means confusion. Now this is God's people. This is not Babylonian citizens under consideration here. This is God's people in captivity. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. I hope that would be your experience. If you got away from the true church and you were at a, a religious assembly that had very little truth and they didn't believe the doctrines of grace and maybe they used a, a, a version of the Bible that you could hardly even recognize and maybe the, the preacher uh, just spoke for 10 minutes and he didn't refer to the scripture. I hope that if, you, if that was the only place in your area where you could worship, I hope that you would weep when you remembered Zion. Amen. I hope I would. Now don't... First of all, don't move to a place where that'll be the case. Amen. But any sincere child of God that loves the truth, it would be natural for him to feel that way. And notice it says uh, in verse 2, notice uh, he says, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. We didn't even try to sing. You know, I can't sing I'm a stranger here below in a congregation that's confident about how they've met the conditions. <laughs> I can't sing, uh, as he says in the next uh, verse, for there they, there they there that carried us away captive required us of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion and they said how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land you know when I was growing up and I would go to church organizations where some of my friends went they basically other than in addition to the practice we have as far as our worship service is concerned, they had a choir and usually an organ and a piano. It's not that way today. It is a strange place. It is so different. And, and if someone is satisfied with whatever way of worship they're involved in, that's where they need to stay unless they're dissatisfied with it. I'm not being critical. They believe that's the way to worship and that, that's between them and the Lord. We don't believe that's the way to worship. And if we were in that strange land, we wouldn't feel at home, would we? I went to one of my daughter's graduations and the minister was using, it doesn't even to me qualify as a version of the Bible, it's called the message. And it took me a while to say, oh, what he's reading is supposed to be the Bible. He was reading a verse I was real familiar with. And after a while I thought, oh yeah, that's supposed to be such and such verse. One time with the children when we were going on a trip, I think it was not long after we moved here and we went to the, uh, 
the Tom Bigby Association up in Winfield, and for entertainment on the way up there, here's what we did. Somebody pulled up the message on their phone, and I would say, look up this verse and see what it says. And we would laugh. That was our entertainment. I was at the swearing-in at the courthouse. I don't remember if Brother Chris was there or not, but the minister that was there at that swearing-in, he, he wanted to read that verse that said, What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? You know, to love mercy and so forth. Walk humbly with your God. Here's what it said. I couldn't believe this. He said, I'm going to use one of the modern versions. It seems to get the point across. And he turned to it and read it. And it said, don't take yourself too seriously. That's the message. And I'm afraid that's the message a lot of people are living by. There's really, I mean, you would not even know that's the Bible. Don't take yourself too seriously. That doesn't give you a whole lot of counsel, does it? I'd far rather have the reliable, inspired, preserved Word of God. People say, have you ever heard someone say, well, I don't understand all the these and the thous. They're talking about other people. <laughs> You can understand the these and the thous. I believe one singular and one plural. I'll let somebody uh, verify that later on. You know, people use things like that to say, well, I, I can't understand all the these and the thous. Now look what he says as you continue in Psalm 137. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. The response was, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And then listen to this. Now keep in mind that they didn't come to this mindset until they lost what they had. You know, you'll take those cold flowing waters for granted if you can go to them whenever you want to. You know, we've had our pump house go out several times. And now every time, like yesterday, I did some weed eating and, you know, you just get that dust and trash all over you and your hair everywhere. And now when I take a shower, I'm like, I hope the pump doesn't go out. <laughs> well, I used to not think that way. <clears throat> Growing up in Tuscaloosa, <clears throat> we didn't have a pump. Though I don't remember one time that we didn't have water. See, you take it for granted, don't you? But I don't take it quite for granted now because that's the first thing I take, think about when I really need a shower and I get in the shower. That's the first thing I think about every time. I sure hope the water doesn't quit. But notice what happened here. This was after they didn't have the water. If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. Now, Jerusalem is another reference to the place of true worship. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Now, can you safely pray that prayer? I don't know if it'd be safe for me to pray it. I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to talk anymore. <laughs> Listen to what the prayer is. Lord, if I forget Jerusalem, if I don't remember thee, then let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. 
if I don't prefer Jerusalem above my chief joy, whatever I love the most, if it's, uh, if it's football or some particular entertainment, the prayer is, Lord, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth if I don't prefer Jerusalem above my favorite thing out there in the world. I don't think there's been a single time where I've heard a brother offer public prayer and say that. Have you ever heard that? I've never heard that. Probably because most of us are afraid to pray. May not be able to finish the prayer. Now look at Hosea chapter 6. Notice the pattern so far. We begin in Psalms describing what our attitude should be about the church. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And then we consider that question, will a man leave these cold flowing waters? And then we looked at a historical account where God's people did leave the waters. And then they realize what they lost as they were in Babylonian captivity. But now notice the hope given in Hosea chapter 6. You see, God was always long-suffering with his people. It was only after perpetual, long-term disobedience that they finally went into captivity. In Hosea chapter 6, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us, and the third day he will raise us up. We shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, His going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Come and let us return unto the Lord. You know, that applies collectively or as an individual, because Isaiah 55, and I believe verse 8 says, Let the wicked man forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. Now, God's people can get be wicked, can't they? Because uh, sometimes the word wicked re- refers to the unregenerate, and the unregenerate can't return to the Lord because he's never been there to start with. But let the wicked child of God return unto the Lord, and unto our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Let me quote that all right. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, for he will have mercy upon him, and unto our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Aren't you glad it's that way? Aren't you glad in 1 John 1, 7, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's speaking of the conscience, not that which gets you to heaven. That's speaking of fellowship being restored. I want to conclude by noticing uh, hymn number 158. And I'd like to read a few of the verses and then uh, lead this hymn. Uh, notice 158, verse 1. 
says, You may sing of the beauty of mountain and dale, of the silvery streamlets and flowers of the vale, but the place most delightful this earth can afford is the place of devotion, the house of the Lord. You may boast of the sweetness of day's early dawn, of the sky's softening graces when day is just gone, but there's no other season or time can compare with the house of devotion, the season of prayer. Then look at the last verse. Ever hail, blessed temple, abode of my God. I will turn to thee often to hear from his word. I will walk to the altar with those that I love. Hope that describes us. I will walk to the altar with those that I love and delight in the prospect revealed from above. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.